evening. For all of you that were here this morning, thanks for coming back. For those who are here for the first time, welcome. If you are tuning in online, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're here to encourage one another. If you're able to come with us um, on Sunday evenings and be here, it, it encourages those that haven't been able to make it. It encourages everyone. So please consider coming and uh, let us worship together. We'll start by singing 450, Give Me the Bible. together. Most Holy Father, we, we come thanking you, Father, for giving us a, a chance. You gave us a chance when you sent your son, Jesus, to die so that we can have a relationship with you. You gave, him a, gave us a chance when he was buried, and you resurrected him from the grave which gives us life. He shed his blood for us. Father, you gave us a home, a spiritual home. You know, we, we all talk about going on vacation and, and doing some things and getting away, but you know, sometimes that gets old, Father, and we, we just want to come back home. That home where there's security, love, and the people you want to be around. Father, we, we thank you for that opportunity. 
because our home is the church. Thank you for sending your son so that we can be part of the church. Father, keep blessing this, this local body. We pray, Father, that we encourage each other and we just love up on each other, Father. And Father, we all have shortcomings. We ask you to, to bless us as we repent and come back to you. All we had in our life before you, Father, was sin and death. And that, that didn't take us anywhere. We were stuck. But you gave us Jesus Christ, and he gave us grace and mercy. We thank you for that. Pray this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of us needing to partake of the Lord's Supper, let us sing 331, Blessed Redeemer. Set our minds on that cross and the sacrifice made on our behalf. Himself as a sacrifice. They didn't take his life. He, he was offered up because he allowed it. As we know, he told, uh, he told Judas, go do what you got to do. Now's the, now's the time. You know, so he actually said it at that time. He set it in motion. 
And, and when, the, when the people came and they arrested him, he, he went with them to, to the cross. And, and this is what we need to think about Jesus not, not being taken, but, but he surrendered himself. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, we're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for the love that he showed. We're thankful for the plan that was set, that, that he obeyed, that he was willing to, to do the Father's will and to come and, and lay down his life for us, that, that we might have a hope to, to, to be with you someday. At this time, we're, we're prayerful for the, for the bread. We ask you to bless it as it represents the body of Christ that hung on the cross. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Blood's always been a part of sacrifice. The, it was, I don't think we can ever imagine how much blood over the years that these animals shed. It talks about just a, just a huge amount of blood. But all that blood that was shed by the animals, it, they couldn't save us. It took the blood of Christ. And so when Jesus came, he shed his blood, and that was the, the, the blood that keeps our that keeps us safe today from, from sin. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, we're, we're thankful for Jesus once again, but more importantly, we're thankful for his blood. His blood that he shed, we're thankful for the power that's in it, that is still able to wash away our sins and keep us safe in thee. At this time, as we remember the blood, we ask you to bless the, the fruit of the vine that we take, that, that represents that blood. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God gives us everything in this life. He takes He takes care of us. And, and we know it. We we can see in everything that everything that we have and, and everything that we do. And 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 as Christians, we need to trust God. We need to know that that that, that he's going to take care of us. And at this time, he gives us an opportunity to, to give back so that, so that we can help others and we can take care of things here. And by doing this, we show our faith. Hey, we're going to give this away, but we know that God's going to take care of us. You know? So at, at this time, I'd like to pray for the offering and, and, and remember that, that everything we have does come from Christ, and, and, and he gives us an opportunity to, to help others. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, once again, we're thankful. We're thankful for all the blessings that you give to us in this life. We're thankful for this quiet place that we have, that we can come here and, and, and worship you. And we're thankful for, for our homes that we have. We're thankful for the food that, that you've given to us. We know that we know that it's it's so much a bigger plan than just go down to the grocery store and buy and buy food. We know that you set the wheels in motion months ago, so we we ask you to to continue to bless us, continue to remember that you gave us everything. Help us to show our faith that 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 we know that we need to use the things that you gave us to help others. In Christ's name, we pray.
before we're brought the lesson to us. Uh, we're going to sing 859. When all of God's singers get home, we'll sing the first and the third verse. These things are hard to get on and hard to get off when you got something in your ear already. We'll just do it this way. Well, welcome to our first Sunday Night Live. We have some people that are out of town who usually show here, but uh, the fact that you're here is honoring. I want to show you my age a little bit. And maybe you remember it too, because most of you are close. When Jay Leno used to host The Tonight Show, once a year, he had what he called Bible Week. And Bible Week was a week that they would go out and they would ask questions. And it really showed how much Bible we didn't know. For instance, when they asked if Adam and Eve had any children, one woman thought and thought, and she says, no. And he said, well, how did we get so many people? And their answer was, well, God created them after he created Adam and Eve. But she was one of those people who couldn't believe they had them in the ordinary way. There were people who were stuck on things. My one remembrance was when they asked about commandments. How many commandments are there. There was a, a husband and wife who came up and the husband said, I think there are three. And the wife said, no, I think there are four. And they went back and forth and back and forth for five minutes and finally the husband put his hands on his hips and says, there are three. And the wife finally agreed. 
my favorite was a little girl. And when she was asked how many commandments were, she shouted out 10 before the question even hit the floor. And her brother said, don't be amazed. 10's her favorite number. She wants 10 scoops of ice cream, 10 cookies, 10 everything. And any question you asked her for a number, she's going to tell you 10. But she was right on. There was a young lady who went to school at one of the major colleges in Los Angeles. And she thought there were 12. Each apostle had a command, and that's how come there were 12. But the one that has hit me over the years that I remember backwards and forwards is there was this man, when they asked him, what were commandments, how many commandments are there? He says, I, 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 can make, I can only remember one. He had this pretty lady. She was about that tall on his shoulders. And they were holding hands, and he says, I remember about not coveting your neighbor's wife. And she looked at him, and they said, do you covet your neighbor's wife? He said, And it paused. And then he said, no. But she was staring at him now. And the next one, the reporter asked him, you think your neighbor's wife is pretty? And he just said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he was getting a, a serious stare from the lady. And then the lady says, so you do cover your neighbor's wife. And he thought, he looked down, and he rolled his eyes up, and he finally looked back, and the young lady had dropped his hand, took two steps in back of him, so that she was no longer beside him, as he said, no. <laughs> it's, it just was fascinating. And being interested in the Bible to hear these people make these kinds of mistakes. But the night came when they asked, who is Jesus? Now, we know that. We're here because we know that. But the first man says, didn't he start some kind of religion? This is Los Angeles. You get all kinds of people in Los Angeles. And I wanted to say that, yeah, just the largest religion there is in the world today, and it's growing faster than all the other religions. But he didn't know that, so it was just, didn't he start some kind of religion? And then there was this man who said, He was a man who taught great morals. But I don't think he was from God. Because everybody knows there is no God. Doing what I do for a living and having to study some of the books when I was in college reminded me of a quote from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. When I'm trying 
here to prevent is anyone saying the really foolish thing that even people say about him, that's Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't claim his, accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. Any man who merely was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who thinks he's the poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice, either to what the man was and is, the son of God, or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him, you can kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But not, let us not come up with anything patronizing, any patronizing nonsense about being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He did not intend to. When it comes to Jesus, they had this problem with him. Who is this guy? And why is he here? And what is he about? For instance, in Matthew, in Luke chapter 5, he starts out, one day he was teaching. The Pharisees and teachers of the law had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And they were sitting there. Now that's a large number of Pharisees and teachers of the law when you go to all those different cities. And the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. The crowds are big. All those Pharisees and teachers of the law that come from all the different cities, both in Galilee and Judea, that's most of the Jewish world in their day. And they're all there, and then there are the people who whenever they see that many Pharisees and teachers of the law would naturally go because they know something big's going to happen. So they're there and they can't get him in to see Jesus. They tried. But the crowds were too big. And you couldn't get between the people to get him into where Jesus was. They couldn't find a way because of the crowd, so they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And I'll stop there for a second. To get him into the house, they had to dig up the roof. Usually it started with some sort of support, whether it was wood or trees or whatever you had, 
palm branches were common, and they covered it with a layer of wet mud so that it would be waterproof. They had to dig that up and take out all the support. And they did all that, and they lowered him down, and they're, they're lowering him down, put him right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Hard task to get through. But they loved the man enough to do that. He had to be special. And when they get him in front of Jesus, Jesus looks down at him and knows the effort. And you expect him to say something neat like you're healed, go and walk again. But he doesn't. He says, your sins are forgiven. Now, these are Pharisees and teachers of the law. And when the Pharisees and teachers of the law hear this fellow saying, your sins are forgiven, they sit down and they said, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Good question. The only one who can forgive would be the one offended. And the only one offended by our sins is God himself. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But, but you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been laying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Jesus says it would be hard, almost impossible, to get a paralyzed man to get up and walk. So, so that you know I have the power to forgive sins. I'm going to tell him to get up and walk, and he does. The Pharisees and teachers of the law are left wondering, who is this? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? This is C.S. Lewis again from Mere Christianity. Now, unless the speaker is God, this is so preposterous as to be comic. We all understand how a man forgives offenses against himself. You tread on my toes, I forgive you. You steal my money, I forgive you. But what should we make of a man himself, unrobbed, 
and untrodden on who announced that he forgave you for treading on other man's suits or stealing other people's money. This is futility. It is the kindest description you could give of this conduct. Yes, that's what Jesus did. He told people that their sins had been forgiven and never waited to consult with other people whom their sins had undoubtedly injured. He unhesitatedly behaved as if he was the party chiefly concerned, the person chiefly offended at all the offenses. This only makes sense if he's really the God whose laws were broken, whose love was wounded in every sin. In the mouth of any speaker who is not God, these words would only imply what I call as regard as silliness and conceit, unrivaled by any other person in history. Who are you that you think you can forgive sins? He's God. Simon, the Pharisee, invites people to come to his house for a banquet. In this day, they had a large banquet room that was like a porch. There was an open door. You came in the open door, and that's where you were. You laid around the table with your feet in back. And they're there to see what Jesus does. If they can find some Paul they will and in walks that woman you know the woman with the reputation and she stops behind Jesus I imagine Simon was kind of panicking maybe they can get her out of there before they know who, who wandered in but no good her tears are washing Jesus' feet. She lets her hair down to dry them. And Simon steps back and says, if this man were really a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman is touching him. And he tells a brief parable. Two guys owned a large debt. Both debts were forgiven. Which one loved him, the man who owed a lot or the man who owed a little? And Simon says, ah, oh, the man who owed, owed a lot. He said, you're right. You see, when I came, you didn't wash my feet. She's washed them with her tears. When I came, you didn't kiss me to welcome me. She's not stopped kissing my feet. And then he turns to her and says again, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this? 
who even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. When Herod hears what Jesus is doing, he's perplexed. So he asked his advisors, who is this guy? And they said, well, some think he's John the Baptist risen from the dead. And that's bad news because Herod's the one who cut off his head. And if he's John the Baptist risen from the dead, he's in trouble. Others think he's Elijah or one of the prophets of long ago. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this that I hear such things about? And he tried to see him, but Jesus doesn't cooperate. Two more. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along and just as he was in the boat. They were also in other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boats so it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples wake him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up and he rebukes the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. And the wind died down. It was completely calm. It went from a storm to what we call a slick. A slick is when it is, there are no waves. There are no wind. If you threw a pebble out in the middle of it, the only ripples you would see would from where the pebble entered. And Jesus says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. Jesus was in the boat. They saw him do marvelous things. And yet they believed it could be all over. So the disciples asked each other, who is this that even the waves obey him? Last one. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi and asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or what of prophets. Notice that's almost the same thing that Herod heard. It was what was on the streets. And then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what I want to know is where are the other eleven? who've been watching him all along, why didn't they hit the stage with Peter? But they didn't. And they were confused of exactly who he was too. Who do you say that he is? We're going to do a whole series on this. We'll be talking about Jesus for the next 
four times that I preach. But if you believe he is God, the Son of God, who forgives sins, you can come to him tonight. Follow what he told us to do and repent of sins, be baptized for remission of sins. We can do that tonight. If you're here and you've once done that and now you've lost your way and you can't answer who is this man, then let us help. If there's a way that we can help you find out who Jesus is, won't you come? Right here that we stand and sing. Thank you for joining us here uh, this evening, whether it's on the orange carpet or on your own orange couch at home. We appreciate you all. Uh, thank you, Mike, for the lesson this evening on who is Jesus. It's a question the world continues to ask today. Um, you'll find some really bad answers out there. Uh, I'll tell you where to find a good answer. It's in a book that bears his name. So anyways, who is Jesus? You need to know. Um, and I, I love the examples of what he did for those who the world would cast away. Was some of my favorite things. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin. They're available here. They're available online on Facebook. You'll probably get one on email, snail mail, if you get one that way later today, later in the week, too. A um, couple things. Backpacks. Uh, we're giving away backpacks like we have in the last past years. Today was the uh, last day for people who needed one from here. Uh, the residual backpacks will be handed out tomorrow to people in the community. So uh, it's a good thing for those who need it. Um, Men's prayer breakfast is on the calendar on the back of the bulletin. That's something that's been ongoing. It's not necessarily something that the word has spread very well. Um, some guys get together for breakfast like every other week to encourage one another. They go to Denny's at 845. Is that correct? So 
it's a handful of men who, like I said, they enjoy the company, uh, enjoy the encouragement. So if you're in, up for that, if you eat that late in the day, uh, that's an opportunity for you to join us. Um, update on the sick, Mallory Boudreau. Mallory, Mallory graduated from nursing school on her way to the ceremony, tripped and fell on her weak side, um, and broke her ankle, foot, leg, um, broke a couple bones, got a, anyways, it, not good, but anyways, they had surgery on her, they put in a couple plates and some pins and this and that, got her fixed up, uh, the pain's been pretty bad, but uh, they hopefully will get her up on her feet, and as soon as she is healed, able to walk, stand, and all that stuff, she is going to go to work as a nurse in the same OR that operated on her, so that's a strange world that it is, but uh, I like that story. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, as I said. Um, on Wednesday night, we will have Bible class right here. Uh, we'll have teen class in the back, and we have uh, an adult class here. It's available online or in person. Come on in. It's interactive. We, uh, it's, it's a good time. So uh, thanks for joining us, and stay safe. Stay faithful. We'll sing the first verse, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer by Brother Mike Wall. Let us stand as we sing this one verse. Come we... Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for every blessing that you give to us. We're especially thankful for the opportunity to, to worship together. Lord, help us to reflect on your goodness. As we start on this series of lessons, help us to appreciate that you embodied your goodness in a human being. That tiny little precious baby that grew up into a precious human being if we were around him we, we would know how good and gracious and generous and pleasant and forgiving he was and then to realize that, that it's you it's you and flesh and to further realize that, that you allowed him and he accepted death on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Father, help us to, to hold on to those things, that, that moment where we first realized that forgiveness. 
to realize he will always forgive us. That moment where he calms storms in our lives, which is the word. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.